This morning. Good to see you. Thank you for being here in God's house. Let's all stand together now. Grab your hymn book this morning, Blue Book. We're all standing, sing together, Brother Ken. Amen. It's a song we all know so well, hymn number 244. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We'll do all four verses this morning, hymn number 244. Oh, 
to be praised. Amen. Thank you for being here this Sunday morning. A couple of quick prayer requests I want to give you, and then Brother Tim's going to take us to the throne of grace. Please pray for Sister Marie Hancock. We put out on our call system regarding her surgery on Thursday. Lift her up in prayer. Sister Kim Durham has come home from the hospital, uh, but lift her up in prayer if you would. And then Stephen Connie Thacker, please continue to pray for them. I'll speak to you about that in just a moment, but lift them up in prayer. Would you join us in praying for services today? Amen. We need the presence of the Lord. Uh, Brother Tim, take us to the throne of grace. Let's join Brother Tim this morning. Pray for us, buddy. Our gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have again to be here in your house this morning. We thank you, Lord, for loving us and for keeping us. And we pray, God, that you will be with each prayer request that was mentioned this morning. God, we ask your will be done there. And those that are unspoken, God, there's probably heavy hearts here today, needs that need to be met. And God, we know that if it's your will, you could resolve all of our issues and problems very easily. But God, we ask your will be done. We thank you, God, for being with us this week in our services. But we pray this morning, God, that you will show up and be here today. If we're here without you, Lord, we're just wasting our time. And we're asking God that you'll show up so that we can worship and praise you today. Pray, God, you'll be with us singing, be with Brother Greg as he brings the message. Give him the words we need to hear, Lord, and we just pray that we can set aside the week's troubles and trials, and Lord, just focus on you once again today. I thank you, God, for loving us and for all you do. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Pray for the choir. Man, I love the words to this song. I hope it blesses your heart. Followers, they are in more. 
One more for you this morning. Dark places of life are always difficult for the child of God, but that's when we learn how good he is. Amen? Listen now as Brother Ken sings sweet things out of dark places.
Amen. Sweet things out of dark places. Good to see you this morning. Thank you for being here. How many of you were blessed by our Jubilee this past week? Amen. What a delight. Amen. Praise the Lord. It was fantastic. Lord, I pray your blessings upon us still today. Amen. So uh, we uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I want to pause a moment and, and truly say thank you for supporting the meeting. I want to thank you for those who helped out, whether you sung in the choir, worked security team, worked the parking lot, whatever you did, the nursery. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was just what I needed. I hope your heart was excited, encouraged, and blessed uh, by this past week. So uh, you continue to lift up Brother C.T. and Kyle, and Lord willing, we're going to do it again next year. Uh, but we don't have to wait till next year to enjoy the blessings. Amen. So let me give you several announcements this morning. Six o'clock services tonight, regular Sunday evening services this evening. We're excited about what the Lord's doing in our midst. This coming Wednesday, our Awana kicks off uh, with a brand new year. The first Wednesday of every month will be a special Wednesday night. This coming Wednesday night is going to be crazy hat night for all the kids and adults as well. You are welcome to wear crazy hats as well up in the church house. Uh, this coming Wednesday night, uh, we'll have a good time, uh, and we're going to do that the first Wednesday night of every month. Next Wednesday, or the, uh, the Wednesday in October, is uh, Favorite College Gear Night. And Brother Ken said he would give $20 to everybody who wore Duke up in this place. Amen. Yes, God is in the midst. Amen. I'll give you 50 if you wear UVA. Amen. No, I won't either. But Amen. Uh, we'll keep updating that. <laughs> we'll keep updating that every month, but we're looking forward to Awana kicking off again uh, this week. Let me let me also thank the teachers that came out last night. Man, we had a great time last night at the teachers' meeting, uh, uh, setting a vision for next year, thanking them, loving on them a little bit for all that they've done. You continue to lift them up. Thursday, September the 12th, uh, we'll begin our Young Married Couples class that Brother Ken is doing. It starts at 7 o'clock, meets every Thursday, uh, married for 10 years or less. Uh, I think you'll be richly blessed by that. A real need, candidly, folks. Uh, so I ask you to be praying about that. Come join them if you can. If you've got questions, you can see Brother Ken about that. Then there's also a combined Carowinds trip for teens and young adults on September the 28th. We'll give you the details on that shortly. And then if you haven't signed up for our Christmas drama, uh, please do so today. We're going to set the schedule in the coming week. Uh, in fact, a couple of us are starting on it today for practice. So please, please, please help us out with that. We could really use some more men, frankly. If you would please help us out with that, we'd sure appreciate it. Then uh, also a couple of announcements that are not in your bulletin. Uh, don't forget to sign up for the CPR class if you're going to uh, attend that. And again, if you work with children here at our church, we will pay for that. And then th this one is not in your bulletin, but I want to bring this to your attention before I talk to you about something else that's in here. Uh, really want you to pray for our Brother Steve and Miss Connie. Brother Steve is to the point now where he has to have the round-the-clock care. And if there are any of you gentlemen, especially you senior men, who have got a little bit of time that you could go sit with him just so Connie can go out and get his medicine, go to the grocery store. Uh, if you would let them know about it, they would sure appreciate that. They're looking for a little bit of assistance there, and I told them I'd be glad to point that out. And then right after church this morning, uh, Lydia needs to meet, uh, and those uh, that work in junior church, they're going to meet with junior church parents right over here for about five minutes. They've got an outing plan for the junior church kids. They want to go over that with you and uh, get a quick head count. So that's in grades four, five, and six. So you'll meet right over here uh, for about five minutes right after services this morning. 
uh, an announcement that's in there that has not uh, been in there before. This is brand new. Been working on it, Miss Renee, and a couple others all weekend long. I know you've been following. Thank you, brother. I know you've been following the news, and you know that Hurricane Dorian, which is now a Category Five superstorm, is slated to hit somewhere along the East Coast sometime this week. Of course, only the Lord knows where it's going to hit, and we're going to pray that He blows it out to sea. Uh, but if it does hit, our church is going to be a leader in our community in providing some disaster relief. Uh, we've contacted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven area churches and already got them on board. We're also partnering with Barry Nelson and Nelson Automotive Family Dealerships. They're going to help us out. And then IPG, which is Intertape Polymer Group, my brother-in-law's group. He's the plant manager down there in Danville, is going to help us as well. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, 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 there are five, there's gazillions of items, but we're going to focus on five items for our church. Those are listed in your bulletin. Bottled water of uh, any size, gallon or bottle. Number two, trash bags, large and heavy duty. Number three, you understand this, diapers of all sizes. Number four, bleach. I'm astounded at what bleach does, quite frankly. I asked Renee, why bleach? And I started researching it and all the things that bleach does in disaster relief, so that's a major need. And number five, Pop-Tarts. We are partnering with Greg Lentz Ministries. Hearts with Hands. A lot of you know Brother Greg Lentz. We love Brother Greg Lentz. He's out of Hearts with Hands is out of Asheville. Uh, Brother uh, Dr. Sexton's church, and Brother Greg is the executive director. So here's how this is going to happen. We're going to ask you and all these other churches that are partnering with us. We're going to start putting this out on social media. Brother Barry is going to do a promo with us as well to get that Barry Nelson to get this out and spread throughout our community. We're going to ask you over the next two weeks to begin collecting these items and then help us spread the word. We would love to get all the area churches on board that want to participate because our goal is on September the 16th, we're going to load a tractor trailer full of supplies to go wherever this storm hits and does the most damage. Uh, uh, Nelson Automotive has agreed across the street to be a drop-off point. So between tomorrow or today and the 14th, uh, there are, uh, you can drop off supplies. I know most of you won't go over there because you can come here, but you can drop off supplies over there during their normal operating hours. I can't thank Barry enough for allowing us to use that facility. And then on the 13th, 14th, and 15th, we are going to be a repository. So here's how this is going to happen. We will on the Wednesday night, which I guess will be the 10th, we will take down, or the 11th, we will take down the women's class for that weekend. We will use that area for a repository and then load up the tractor trailer on that Sunday night and then set up the women's classroom again. That's how we're going to do that for, for that weekend. Also, I'm excited by this. On the Sunday night of the 15th, Brother Greg Lentz will be here preaching, and the Henson girls will be here singing. Amen. Roger Henson girls. Uh, of course, bro amen. Brother Roger Henson went home to be with the Lord a couple of months ago, and I'm so proud of these girls for keeping on singing. Miss Kay and Renee and Kim, and they're excited to be with us, so we'll have a great weekend. So if you are color, I'd encourage you to go ahead and begin collecting. Uh, hold on to it or bring it over to Nelson because we don't have the storage space right now uh, until that weekend. So begin collecting, hold on to it, take it over to Nelson. Then on that Sunday night, we're going to load her up, and on Monday morning, 
Brother Greg and uh, whoever's driving the trailer. Let me explain to you. IPG, they're rolling this. They're going to provide the trailer for free for us. Uh, and between IPG and Brother Barry, we're going to get the driver as well uh, for free to take it wherever it needs to go. So we're partnering with everybody who can help out uh, and getting some disaster relief supplies down to the hard hit area. I don't know where it's going to be. It might be somewhere in Carolina. It might be Georgia. It might be Florida. Uh, Brother Greg said he would wait to see where the storm hit and did the most damage. Uh, and then he would make that decision. And candidly, it doesn't matter where it's going. We're just glad that we can do our part. So please help out with that. Then I also want you to be much in prayer for Brother Wayne. You go Tuesday, right, buddy? Uh, for your procedure, got serious blockages there. And we're going to pray the Lord take care of that procedure on Tuesday. All right. Fellas, make your way down if you would. Yeah, thank you, baby. We've got lots of flyers over here. We'll put these in the back and the side as well. And we'll begin promoting this on social media. Sorry, guys, not yet. Go back to where you were. I don't know why you're coming down here just because I said so. Hey, man. <laughs> Children, come on down this morning. All the youngsters heading to Junior Church and Children's Church, come on and make your way. They're going to come around and collect any loose change you got. This is our penny march, uh, and thank you for your contributions. Take off, guys.
right. Thank you so much. Now, fellas, if you'll make your way down. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it so much. Brother Scott, you come get ready to sing for us. You be obedient unto the Lord with tithes and offerings, and we're going to pray and ask God to bless. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house today. Lord, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I pray your blessings upon the offering. Lord, bless Brother Scott as he sings. And Lord, as we get into the word in just a bit, may your presence be felt, your son be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Let's all stand together one more time. Turn to hymn number 143, Blessed Assurance. We'll sing the first verse, Chorus, Have a Time of Fellowship, page 143. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory salvation purchase of God born of his spirit washed in his blood this is my story this is my song praising my Savior all the day long this is my soul is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Fellowship a while.
Amen. Thank you so much. Let me put a little smile on your face. God's good. Amen. Amen. All the time. Last night, we had uh, uh, a good time with our teachers, and one of the things we did is play Family Feud. Four rounds of it, and we had some really incredible answers. One of the questions was, name something your spouse wants you to do on your day off that you dread doing. Nick Horsley's answer was, visit the in-laws. As awesome as that was, there was one answer that was even better. (laughs) One of the questions was, when the power goes out, name something you can still turn on. Gene Rohr says, Lester. Oh, you got to love it. Fellas, make your way down this morning. Come on. Amen. Evan's going to sing. This is missions offering. You you give more with a smile on your face. Amen. Amen. Father, bless the missions offering. Bless Evan as he sings. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you've given us to support all of our missionaries and do the work that you've called them to do. Bless now in our time to come, in Christ's name. Amen.
from an old rugged cross. Wow, what a story and song. Amen. Been vacillating candidly uh, the last couple of days between where I thought the Lord wanted me to go and the two songs this morning uh, solidified that for me. So turn to Hebrews chapter 9. Thank you, Lord, for direction. Hebrews chapter 9. If you would, please. Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to read verses 1 through 15 this morning. Hebrews chapter 9, if you found your place, say amen. Amen. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shewbread, which is called the sanctuary, verse 3. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that had budded and the table of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, Once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. While as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Please look at verse 9, which was a picture or a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. That's a mouthful. I'd like to read it again, beginning at the end of verse number 8. While as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience which stood only in meats and drinks and divers' washings and carnal ordinances, imposed on them until the time of redemption. Notice 11. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect 
tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but look at 12, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, amen, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Father, Thank you for the blood. Lord, our minds never tire. Our spirits never get weary of hearing about the blood. Lord, for the child of God, it is the blood that is that point in time which we passed from death unto life. It is that acceptance of the blood that allows us to stand and say we are a child of God. Lord, I pray that you'd give me clarity of thought today. Lord, that you'd remove worldly distractions from our midst. May we focus for just a few moments on the reality of the blood of Jesus. Lord, save the lost today. Reclaim those that need to get closer to you. We'll thank you and praise you in the precious name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Medical doctor and theologian, Dr. M. R. Dehan, says, and I quote, The Bible is a book of blood, wholly distinct from all other books for one reason, namely that it contains blood circulating through every page and in every verse from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is a bloody book, end quote. Dr. Dehan is entirely correct. To remove the blood from your hymn book or to remove the blood from the Bible is to deny the very essence of the Christian faith. I remember as a child growing up in church, I could not grasp what it meant when the preacher talked about bloody Calvary. I remember as a youngster, candidly, being a little afraid of hearing about the bloody Lamb of God. As I began to age and as I began to understand and began to study for myself, I very quickly realized that from the very first page of this sacred Word of God, 
all the way through the end of Genesis and then all the way through the last page of Revelation, uh, the Bible uh, paints a trail of blood that snakes its way through every single passage. I submit to you this morning that the title of my message is one that I hope you can amen me on. For in 21st century America, there is still power in the blood of Jesus. The blood that Jesus shed on Calvary is still as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. In fact, the black songwriter Andre Crouch wrote an incredible song that Miss Bolio sings. It says that it will never, ever, ever lose its power. We make fun of it. People scoff at it. People try to tear it apart. But the reality is it is the blood of Jesus that transforms a sinner from death into life, makes him or her a brand new creature. It is not turning over a new leaf. It is not trying to go wholeheartedly by your flesh in a new direction. The thing that transforms life is the blood of Jesus. The writer of Hebrews and You will hear me say most often Paul because I'm of the camp but that believes Paul wrote this. References to a Jewish audience. By the way, I think one of these days when I get a lot of money, I'm going to open up a Bible bookstore and right beside of it I'm going to have a coffee shop and the name of it is going to be Hebrews. Amen. Ain't that genius? The writers. The writer. The writer of Hebrews, speaking to a Jewish audience, understands and understood the reality that the Jew that would be reading this would understand that for thousands of years, in verses 111, it's described that millions of gallons of blood was shed in the Old Testament Jewish economy, hear me, to cover the sins of people. Got to say that again. The millions of gallons of animal blood that was shed was done so uh, so as to cover uh, a year at a time uh, the sins uh, of the Jewish people. Yet sin covering is not sin removal. The moment that sin was covered, the next day there's new sin to be found. The moment uh, that the high priest walks out of the Holy of Holies uh, on that great day of atonement uh, and all of Judaism uh, celebrates because the blood has been applied one more time, do you understand that within moments of the high priest exiting that seminary or exiting that tabernacle, I should say, uh, that sin was once again permeating because sin was only covered, it was never removed. All those gallons of animal blood, listen, Never saved a single soul. All those gallons of animal blood never made somebody a brand new creature. All those gallons of animal blood, though being in fulfillment of the law, never turned one person loose from the grip of Satan. But what what the animal blood could not do, Jesus, hanging on bloody Calvary, did in one day what millions of bloody animals could not do for thousands of years. So I want to give you a message this morning that simply says there's still power In the blood of Jesus. Three things that I'll challenge you to look at with me this morning. Number one, 
Note with me, if you would, please, the purchase by this blood. The purchase by this blood. I direct your attention back to verse number 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. I submit to you this morning that it's a purchased blood, but it's also a perfect purchased blood. The reason the Old Testament sacrifices could not save, the reason the Old Testament sacrifices could only cover, was because of the character of the blood that was shed. What do you mean, preacher? It was animal blood. Animal blood was shed. Goats, turtle doves, pigeons, lambs, blood, blood, blood everywhere. But it was animal blood. Here's the problem. You go back into Genesis, and it wasn't an animal that did the first sin. It was a man. Animal blood can cover. Animal blood cannot remove. Are you with me? In order to be removed, uh, there had to be a perfect sacrifice. And animal blood's not perfect. Animal blood could smooth over. Animal blood could cover. Uh, when you see uh, all throughout the Old Testament, uh, all the animals being slain, uh, there was a purpose. Uh, there was a picture to it. Uh, it was pointing ahead to what Jesus would do. Uh, but all the millions of blood, uh, the gallons of blood, uh, could never remove. All it could do was cover up uh, the sins of the people. Salvation today was dependent upon not blood being covered, but blood being the removing agent. So if animal blood covers, how do sins get removed? you got to have perfect blood. you got to have sinless blood. you got to have spotless blood. And there's only one person that ever fit that characteristic. There was only one person that we could stand up and say was perfect. Uh, one person that we could stand up and say was holy. Uh, one person that we could stand up and say was sinless. Uh, and thanks be to his holy, holy lame, uh, he was willing that we might have eternal life. Uh, and he understood uh, that for sins to be removed, he had to bleed. It's perfect blood. It's a perfect possession. It's a perfect purchase. Not only is it a perfect purchase, uh, it's also a personal purchase. I love this phrase for it says in the verse we just read verse number 12 uh, that it's done by his own blood. His own blood. I submit to you this morning that the depths of this statement never have been uh, nor ever will be fully plumbed uh, by human minds. To understand uh, this demands that we understand uh, how God himself could be born flesh, uh, take upon himself the robe of flesh, uh, and still be God at the same time. You may be sitting there like myself and say, Preacher, I can't fathom that. How can God be man and how can God be God at the same time? My finite brain can't understand it, but I believe it. Just like my finite brain can't understand gravity, but it works. <laughs> Are you hearing me this morning? Uh, the simple reality is when, G when the writer of Hebrews says, by his uh, own blood, uh, he's, not <laughs> he's not talking about man's blood because uh, man's blood is, sp is, sp is not spotless. Uh, man's blood is tainted blood. Uh, man's blood is corrupt blood. Uh, man's blood can't do a thing. Uh, when he says by his own blood, he means 
God's blood, perfect blood, in the form of his only begotten son, because he took upon himself the robe of flesh, and when he bled, it was holy blood. It's a personal blood, personal possession, a perfect purchase in possession. And then I love this. It's a permanent purchase. Permanent purchase. Scripture says again in verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in, notice that word, church, once. Can I pause a moment and say once was all it took? Yep, amen. Once was all it took. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So when the choir stands up and sings as we sung this morning, here he comes and he's got the blood. What it literally... What it literally means is on resurrection day when he presents himself to to the throne room of God and all he's got is the blood, God in heaven looks out and says, I'm satisfied with the blood. The blood's enough. Nothing else has to be done because the blood has been shed. It's one and done. But do you know what that also means? Once I'm in... I'm in like Flynn. Yeah, man. Once I'm in, I don't have to worry about being out. Why, preacher? I'm so glad you asked. Go back to your text. Number one this morning, note with me the purchase of the blood. Number two, note with me the power of the blood. We can stop right here and shout for about an hour. The power of the of the blood. Listen to what I'm about to say. I love the Old Testament. I love it. I love the symbolism. I love the history. I love the imagery. I love how it points to bloody Calvary. But please hear what I'm about to say. New Testament blood, the blood of Jesus, does what the Old Testament blood of the the, 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 the animals never could do. What does it do? The New Testament blood, the blood of Jesus, has the power to cleanse. That's something the Old Testament blood couldn't do. You see, here, 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 what, here, what, here, look at verse 13. I'm so excited, I'm throwing my glasses. Look at verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? Amen. Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge. Everybody say that word. Purge. You know what the word purge means? Cleanse. Purify. You see, that doesn't make sense to us. Blood is a staining agent, not a cleansing agent. You You look at me like you don't believe me. Prick your finger and put it on a white shirt. I'll prove it to you. Blood stains. It doesn't cleanse. Blood, in its simplest form, will not cleanse. Blood will stain. But that's on the outside. On the inside, blood is the most purifying agent you have. Let me just park there a second. 
Because some of you are looking at me like you don't believe me. Blood is the most purifying agent in your body. Y'all were looking at me like I have just grown 17 heads. Let me, let, me, let me give you a little experiment for you to try. The next time you're at the doctor and they want to take your blood pressure, you know, they put that cuff around you and they pump and they pump and they pump and they pump to the point where it feels like your, your, your circulation is about to cut off. You know what I'm talking about? Before they release it, ask, some, ask the nurse if you can have a pair of scissors. Take that, while that blood pressure tourniquet is applied to your arm, take that pair of scissors and start cutting. About 10 times, you won't get to 10 times. You see, what happens is when that tourniquet is applied, the blood cannot get down to your arm. So as the muscles begin to contract in your arm, they produce waste products. Typically, your blood removes those waste products instantaneously. You don't even know about it. But while that tourniquet is applied, the blood cannot get through. So as you begin to grip and do over and over, those waste products build up in your muscle. And before you get to 10, the cramp will be so severe, you will scream. How do you know, preacher? Because I was dumb enough to try it. I read about it eight years ago. I thought, I can do that. I didn't even get to five claps. You don't believe me? You try it yourself. And the, the moment that nurse releases that cuff and the blood begins to rush through your arm and you feel this euphoria, this sense of relief, this incredibleness washes over you, the blood is removing the waste products from your muscles. It is purging uh, the metabolites. It is purging uh, the waste uh, so that you can survive. Yeah, man. Can I park here just a moment and say, uh, before I got saved, uh, before you got saved, uh, the waste of this world uh, was flowing through your body. Uh, the sins of your life, uh, the sins of your past, uh, the sins of your background uh, were washing over you. Uh, but thank God for the day uh, when you got under the spout uh, where the blood came out uh, for its purging effect washed over you and you became a brand new creature in Christ. Yes, I know your family remembers who you used to be. I know the church remembers who you used to be. I know your friends remember. But my God does not remember because when he sees you, all he sees is blood. Except for you, he sees that terrible Carolina shirt and he knows you're on your way to hell. Amen. 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 Has the power to cleanse. Tell me you don't want to go to your in-laws. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Power to cleanse. Not only does it have the power to cleanse, blood has the power to change. Scripture says, we just read it, the end of verse 14 Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That conscience is the part of you that has the ability to determine right from wrong. 
You see, folks, you, 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 you got to get a hold of this. For thousands of years, when somebody would walk up to the tabernacle or to the temple and they would deliver their animals, the animals would be slain and that person would walk away. They were the exact same person as they were when they came. Are you hearing me? Even once a year when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and he would shed the blood of the bullocks on the outside and then he would take the blood on the inside and do the duties of the high priest. One day, uh, one person once a year, uh, he'd walk out. Even he was the exact same person that he was when he walked in. But you look at me. When you have an encounter with the blood of Christ, he is ne. He ain't never left somebody the same. <laughs> he, you meet him, I promise you, you'll be different. Uh, you come face to face uh, with the Jesus of the Calvary's cross, uh, and I promise you, uh, you'll know what it means to be a brand new creature. Uh, I'm not saying you're perfect. Uh, I'm not saying you don't mess up. Uh, all I'm saying uh, is you're not what you used to be because the blood's got the power to change. How else do you explain to me? How somebody who's a drug addict uh, can become a born-again child of God and stand up and sing in the choir how good God is. You tell me somebody who was steeped in sin, uh, who was wrapped up in the pleasures of this world, uh, but they meet Jesus. uh, They get under the bloody spout of Calvary, uh, and suddenly uh, they're in church. uh, Their lives are salvaged. uh, Their home is salvaged. uh, They're faithful to God. It is not because of who they are. It's because of what they found out uh, and who they met. It's all about the blood. Blood has the power to purge. Blood has got the power to cleanse. It's got the power to change. And then number three this morning, not only do you see the purchase of the blood, the power of the blood, but I want you to note with me number three, the promise of the blood. The promise of the blood. Verse 15 says, and for this cause, because of this, He is the mediator of the New Testament. Do you know what the word mediator means? It means the go-between. The defense attorney. What do you mean, preacher? A defense attorney? Do I need a defense? Oh, you have no idea how much you need a defense attorney. Why, preacher? Because of all the titles that Satan bears, the one that I think is the most scary for the child of God, he is the accuser of the brethren. Let me say that again. We, we, we have in our mind that Satan is out for the lost. Satan's not out. He's already got the lost crowd. He's not working for them. He's already got them. He's the accuser of the brethren. You read the book of Job, and chapter 1 will scare you the living snot out of you because it lets you know that he is even sometimes, when God gives him permission, able to talk to God himself. And when he does, you know what he says? Hey, God, did you see what such and such did? What he does for Job. Hey, God, do you know what such and such was engaged in? Did you see what that one said? Did you see what that one did? Did you see where that one went? And would you look at me? I hope you'll amen me. He don't have to make up nothing because we give him all the ammunition that he needs. Even post-salvation, 
Anybody who thinks they are sinlessly perfect ain't reading the same Bible I'm reading. Amen. He don't have to make up a thing. We give him everything that he needs. And Scripture says that he runs right to the very throne room of God. He stands in the presence and begins to accuse the brethren of all the things we've done. But that ain't the end of the story. Amen. Amen. Because the moment that he stops... Our mediator, our advocate, our defense attorney stands up, looks him straight in the eye, his heavenly father, and says, good morning, father. I'm here today representing the defense. And you know what, father? Everything that Beelzebub said is exactly right. He did do that. She did say that. He did go there. She did do that. But I want you to... Uh, this one might even make a Carolina fan shout. I want you to understand, Father, that that one he's describing is already under the blood. That one that he's describing has already been forgiven. It's already been forgotten. It's already been removed. And God takes his heavenly anvil, case closed, sign sealed because of Calvary's blood. I'm done with this, I promise. You see, folks, the promise of freedom is a beautiful promise. In verse 15, it says, and for this cause, he's the mediator of the New Testament. For that the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. The promise of freedom is our redemption. Of all the words to describe what we have, I love that word, redeemed. Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Fanny Crosby wrote, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child, and forever I am. Perhaps the way to understand this, I close with a simple story from English history. I'm a bit of an Anglophile when it comes to studying history. I love to study British history. The year is 1308. And Robert the Bruce of Scotland is leading the revolution of Scotland to declare independence from England. I'll say it again so you can set the stage. 1308, England and Scotland are a united country, yet the Scots want to be independent, and Robert the Bruce is leading that charge for independence. He is attempting to make his way from England where he has escaped from prison to Scotland where the crown will be placed upon his head, thereby declaring Robert the Bruce to be the first king of Scotland. He's making his way, having escaped from prison. But the British troops are following him. Not only are the troops following him, they've sent out hounds to pick up the scent. 
you understand that bloodhounds are the animal that can always follow the scent of man. So they've released the hounds literally to follow after Robert the Bruce, to kill him, to take him, to stop him from getting to the throne of Scotland. Just as the hounds are nipping at his heels, uh, his compatriot looks at him and says, and I quote, we are done for. They are on your trail and they will reveal your hiding place in moments. Robert the Bruce uh, kneels to pray and as he's praying, he hears the sound of a gurgling stream in the distance. Robert the Bruce gets off of his knees and looks at his compatriot and says, follow me, God has answered prayer. So he runs to the stream, he gets into the stream, he goes upstream and gets out to the other side, for as the hounds make their way, the scent stops at the stream. The British are saying, move forward. The English are saying, keep going. The soldiers are saying, keep going. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. But the hounds stop at the stream. You go look it up. Robert the Bruce gets out on the other side, makes his way to Scotland, where the crown is placed upon his head, and he becomes the first king of Scotland. Can I pause just a moment and say that's a pretty story, but here's the real beauty of it. You see, child of God, if you've, if you've been saved for any length of time, the enemy loves to hound you. He loves to send the hounds of hell after you. He loves to tackle you. He loves to destroy you. He knows he can't have your soul, so he wants the joy of your salvation. He sends your past after you. He sends your failures after you. He sends your mistakes after you. But may I say to you, when the... When the hounds get to the bloody stream of... There is still a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose a double L their guilty stains. My favorite verse in all of hymndom is the second verse of that song. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. There may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Boy, you've been so kind to participate with us in the services today. You can answer this question, look this way. You've got the answer. What can wash away my sin? Blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want you to bow your heads now. Eyes closed. I want to ask you this morning two questions. If you're here today, and you're a child of God, but the enemy is on you, relentless, trying to keep you from enjoying the joy of your salvation, You've got things that you're dealing with, circumstances that the enemy's trying to throw your direction, and you need God to intervene. Would you raise that hand this morning with me? Boy, I'm seeing a lot of hands all over this building. Before Brother Ken sings the first note of this song, would you step out right now? Come on, make your way all over the building. There's a lot of hands that went up. Come on, all over the building. Come on, come on, come on. Make your way. Let's take it to Bloody Calvary. 
Let's take it to the cross. Let's take it to the cross. Come on, all over. Come on. Come on. Don't worry about who's looking at you. Come on. Let me ask you a second question. Nobody's looking. Most important question I can ask you. If you're here today and you're not sure, you're saved. You don't know for sure that heaven would be your home. Would you just in the stillness of this moment lift that hand so I can pray? I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Anybody like that, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure that heaven is my home. Father, bless this invitation. May it be what you'd have it to be. In Christ's name. Brother Ken, sing for us this morning. Amen. There is a fountain. Filled with blood Drawn from Emmanuel's veins from Emmanuel's veins Sinners plunged And sinners plunged Just sing this with us all over the building. Lose all. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Sinners plunged. And sinners plunged. services tonight at 6 o'clock. Are you thankful for the blood? Say amen. Brother Ken dismisses in prayer. Join us tonight at 6 o'clock. Brother Ken. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, just for the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we cannot never praise you enough or thank you enough for what you've done for us at Calvary. Father, for the ultimate sacrifice, God, that you give. Father, we sure do love you this morning. Father, we thank you once again for the blood. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. It's in his most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Junior church people, don't forget to meet over here with Lydia and Nick about the activity they have planned. That's the junior church.